a particular snack, but you're not quite sure what it is. Strange feeling, isn't it? You get up in the kitchen, sometimes at night, and you look through the cupboards and the refrigerator, but all the while, you don't quite know what you're looking for. And finally, finally you grab an apple or a cookie or whatever, and even when you're munching, you know that it's really not what you wanted, and you're not satisfied. You're still hungry for something, and you don't know what it is. Now, this happens to me once in a while. I'm sure it happens to all of us. And when it does, I feel a little silly. It's really no big deal, of course, so I don't spend much time worrying about it. But there's another hunger, a deeper hunger, a hunger we perhaps can't quite identify. And this hunger, this hunger is the story of our lives. Take Elvis Presley for an example. He had the looks, he had the talent, he had the money, he had millions of fans who worshipped him, he had gorgeous women throwing themselves at him. Who could possibly want any more? Apparently he did. He had everything under the sun, yet he turned to booze. He tried political power. He tried money. He tried the latest music. He tried sex with hundreds of women. He tried wisdom and education. He tried work and career achievements. He tried everything under the sun. And what did it get him? No matter what he tried, he came up empty. He wasn't satisfied. He said life was empty, meaningless, like chasing the wind. Not a pretty picture. Why don't we like reading Ecclesiastes, that book in the Old Testament, and looking, looking at the old Elvis, the one that didn't, didn't make it on the stamp? because they show us the painful truth about ourselves. These men tried to satisfy their inner hunger by eating everything in the refrigerator, but they remained as hungry as before and would rather not face the fact that we're doing much the same thing. We keep on trying various things to satisfy our hunger, to make ourselves happy and fulfilled. We try everything under the sun, and where do we end up? If we're honest, many of us can echo that old hit by the, remember them, the Rolling Stones. I can't get no satisfaction. I try and I try and I try and I try and I keep trying, but I can't get no satisfaction. It's been a while since the stones first began howling those words, and it's been a lot longer since Ecclesiastes was written. But still today, many of us keep singing the same song. We try 
and we try and we try and we try and we keep trying, but we can't get no satisfaction. Everybody's got a hungry heart, sings Bruce Springsteen on another hit record. Why is that? Why, where does the hunger come from? The Bible traces it to the way God made us. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God, quote, set eternity in the hearts of men, close quote. Every girl and boy, every man and woman has eternity in the heart and nothing under the sun can fill that eternity-sized space within us. God deliberately made us in such a way that we'll never be satisfied with anything smaller than eternity. And there's nothing the size of eternity in this world except the Lord Jesus himself. Each of us has an appetite an appetite that only God can satisfy, an emptiness that only God can fill. Everybody's got a hungry heart, and this hunger is much more real and important than the vague feeling that gets us up at night to raid the refrigerator. It's the most basic and significant fact about every person. Every person's got a hungry heart. And there's only one kind of food that can satisfy that hunger. The bread of life. We can try all sorts of other things, but we'll, we'll remain frustrated, empty, and hungry until we feast on that bread. I wish you would take out your bulletin and turn to the back page because we're going to be quoting some very important verses. Now, one of the most striking things Jesus ever said about himself was this. It's the first verse on the back page. Let's read it. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. In that one astonishing statement, Jesus says he can fill the emptiness, he can satisfy the hunger of every, every human heart. Now, in the Gospel lesson this morning, we heard that wonderful miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 men, in addition to that, women and children, probably 10,000 people he fed. And needless to say, the crowd was delighted after that miracle, and they began to discuss how to make Jesus a king for what he did. But while they were still wiping their mouths on their sleeves, Jesus slipped away quietly. And the crowd was disappointed that Jesus had left them. So they went looking for him, and they found him the next day. 
But when they started talking to him, Jesus seemed to be on an entirely different wavelength. Jesus told them that they were looking for him for the wrong reason. Their main motivation was that Jesus had somehow given them plenty to eat, and they were interested in an unlimited source of free meals. Freeloaders, right? We've always had them with us. They did not understand that the miraculous meal was a sign pointing them to something even more important. They were looking only for the food that fills hollow stomachs, not for the food that satisfies hungry hearts. So Jesus told them, now the second verse on the back page, let's read it together. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Now what is this food that endures to life everlasting? Let's read the next uh, series of verses, John 6, 32 to 35. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. A little later, Jesus explained this further. So let's read the next series of verses, John 6, 47 to 51. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. So Jesus says that he is the only bread that can satisfy the eternity-sized emptiness in our hearts. And his flesh is the only bread that can make us live forever. Try anything else, anything else, and you'll find that it's not enough. When God gave people manna in the wilderness in the Old Testament, it wasn't enough. Their bellies were full, but their hearts remained empty. And when Jesus gave bread to those five to 10,000 people in that beautiful miracle that we heard about this morning, it wasn't enough. Their bellies were full, but their souls remained, remained empty. Today, when God gives us food and clothes and technology and whatever, it's not enough. Our bellies are full, and they are in this country, 
but our souls, our souls are emptier than they have ever been. The only gift of God that can satisfy our hunger for eternity is the gift of God himself in the person of his Son. So we've got to be set free from our habit of trying to fill that inner emptiness with things. We think that if only we were more sexy or famous or rich, we'd be satisfied. If only we were as sexy and famous as, and rich as Elvis Presley would be, what would we be? We'd be dead. Elvis lives, lives only on a postage stamp. We try and we try and we try and we keep trying, but we can't get no satisfaction. Everybody's got a hungry heart. And that's why Jesus said in Isaiah 55, verses 2 and 3, the last verses on the back page. Let's read them together. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Hearken diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in fatness. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love of David. That's an invitation to enjoy some real soul food, not the stuff that never satisfies. Now, too many of us have been stuffing ourselves on, stuffing our hungry hearts with cotton candy, some of us, most of us have tried cotton candy and we know what it is. And we still can't figure out after we're eating all that cotton candy why, why, why we're still empty and sick. Much of what we do is driven by our unconscious desire to fill that empty, that eternity-sized emptiness in our hearts. But we don't need more cotton candy. What we need is the bread of life, Jesus himself, who offers us himself as the bread of life in the Holy Eucharist constantly. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him. So next time you wake up hungry, think about what you might really be hungry for. Is it possible that you're hungry for eternity? Are you hungry for purpose, zest, forgiveness, satisfaction, joy, significance, meaning, a life nourished by, etern by the eternal? Jesus says to you today, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me 
will never be thirsty. Never. Let us pray. Father in heaven, make us hungry, really hungry, and once we've got a healthy appetite, satisfy us with the bread of life. Forgive us for looking anywhere else for satisfaction and fill us with more and more and more of Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, for offering your own flesh for the life of the world, for covering our sins and filling our emptiness. You are the bread of life, O oh Lord. May we feast on you and you alone. We pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.